Hello, everybody. Welcome to Unapologetic Live. I'm your host, Amla Bonobi. Taylor's here. Brr, brr, brr. What, what? Always Taylor giving the, the male perspective on the show. And today it's going to be much needed because we have Savannah Hernandez on. What's up, girl? <laughs> Hi. Uh, everybody, welcome to the estrogen hour. Yeah. Uh, how are y'all doing? Hey Hi. Uh, we're doing fantastic. I hope you guys are doing well. Let me know. Oop, I keep hitting your cord. How you guys are doing in the chat down below? How's your day been? What's going on? What news are you listening to? I brought Savannah here today because we're going to talk fat phobia, feminism, and fake Amber heard i imagine you're pretty well versed on many of these topics oh the topics i'm actually fat phobic myself so i'm glad that you brought me on to talk about this uh <laughs> issue that's very near and dear to my heart thank you yes we're, we're all on the same page i think as far as fat phobia goes you know mm -hmm. how i feel about phobias guys i i hate that everything that you dislike or you disagree with is suddenly a phobia ridiculous and we will get into that because we're going to react to some crazy leftists on None other than TikTok, the most atrocious piece of social media ever, talking about their experience with fat phobia and that distinct discrimination that they go through every single day, apparently. Mm. So, Savannah, before we get into that, can you introduce yourself, tell your story, how you got here, and what you're working on right now? Sure. So my name is Savannah Hernandez. I'm an independent journalist who basically goes out on the streets of America and asks my fellow man, hey, how do you feel about the Supreme Court potentially overturning Roe v. Wade? Or I'll go to the border and kind of check out what the mainstream media isn't showing us. I was recently in San Francisco uh, covering the fentanyl crisis. You know, California has a very... Uh, big issue with that I was realizing it's funny I was actually here two weeks ago I was covering Skid Row and the Tenderloin District mm -hmm. and um I swore I would never come back to California. I'm from Texas, and I was like, I hate this whole state. I'm never right. coming back here. Yeah. And here I am. But I'm on a Mala show, guys, so I'm having a good time. <laughs> so that's a little bit about me. And, um, yeah, I'm just, you know, I, I popped into this closet, and then you were like, come on the show, and here I am. So <laughs> <laughs> TikToks, man. I'm for excited. You, yeah, for your viewing pleasure. I feel like all you have to do is come to California once, and you're like, oh, okay, first of all, this is not at all what I expected. And yep. secondly, I don't ever need to be here again. Yeah, you know, looking at the beach is nice, but then you wander into the wrong neighborhood and it goes downhill real fast. Yeah, I mean, real it's just, fast. you cross one street and all of a sudden you're like, I am suddenly unsafe. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a little bit afraid. <laughs> you know what? I uh, covered the BLM riots in 2020, mm -hmm. and I said this in all of my stand-ups. I said, I, have, I felt more safe at an active BLM riot scene than I did on the streets of San Francisco at 2 p.m., and that is not an exaggeration. No, it's not at all. I've even just driven through that area and been like, why is this like this? Yeah. It's just like third world country type stuff happening right now. Do you mm. feel like in your experience working on this, doing really investigative journalism on these things, that it's reshaped your perspective? Because I know you already went in with sort of this conservative view of things. Did actually seeing it with your own eyes change anything? A hundred percent. And I feel like as females, we are more emotional. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I always bring in the emotion with my reporting, not entirely because, of course, you know, we want to keep those journalistic standards. Right. But uh, the emotional aspect of seeing Americans slumped over using fentanyl and meth in the middle of the day, uh, listening to these volunteers who are off record telling me, the homeless have died in my arms here and the mm. city is emboldening it. They are allowing it. They're funding it. And there's nothing that we can do. The police officer saying we can't arrest people because the DA is just going to let them out the next day. That's really heartbreaking to see. 
And with the border issue, too, watching people just swim across the Rio Grande, uh, make their way into this country and say, "Okay, this is our home now. And the National Guard talking to me about everything that they're going through with dealing with the cartels is just heartbreaking to see because this administration is allowing this to prosper. And our entire media is like, that's not happening. Right. It's totally not happening. And I'm like, I think it is, though. Yeah. I didn't hit you. You know, you hit yourself. Lower your expectations. Exactly. This is not what America's meant to provide for you. Just get used to it type of thing. I'm sorry. Um, Go back to being brown and oppressed, please. Thanks. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Thanks, media. Yeah. Thanks, America. That's one more thing we should touch on before we get into today's subject matter is that we share being POC. We're minorities. How did we get here? (laughs) We're minorities within a minority now. (laughs) I know. I know. It's just, it's, (sighs) Amala, I'm just so proud of us for, you know, having to work so hard this morning. We had to wake up, put our makeup on, sit in these chairs and talk about the state of America. You're going to make me cry. It's hard being an oppressed woman and (laughs) specifically an oppressed minority in this country. It's just... It's heartbreaking to have to live through this every single day. Yes, we have to live with this skin color. We have to live with this gender. And we have to fight every single day. Every day. (laughs) Every day. The injustice. Okay. It's horrible. Did you have a come out moment as a conservative? Or was that just always what you were and people knew this about you? Um... I was more secretly conservative. Mm. And then I started working for Alex Jones back in 2018. And then people were like, hmm. Cat's out of the bag. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel? Well, it was actually funny because I didn't know anything about him when I started working for him. Mm -hmm. They hired me as a production assistant. But then I started doing my own man, Man on the Streets. And what sparked that curiosity was that everyone on the left was going insane on the streets of America. Mm -hmm. And I was a blank slate at that point. I really wasn't interested in politics. So I was like, hey, you're taking time out of your day to hate on the current president. Tell me why you hate him. Yep. Convince me and change my mind because I don't know what I believe. And then I realized that everyone was so rabid and crazy and we had grown adults on the streets of America taking time out of their days to protest somebody and they had no reason why they were upset. And then it was at that moment that I realized, okay, there's an issue. And then I was working with Alex, so I started doing more reporting. And because I was with Alex, people that were my friends that were leftists were like, you're bad by association. Mm. So that's kind of how it happened. Yeah, and it hits you all at once and you're like, I'm going to be conservative even harder now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, so many people attack me too. They're like, oh, you're associated with him, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm not Alex Jones, bro. Right. I have my own thoughts and opinions. That's a thing. I've learned. I've grown. I've evolved in this entire space as everybody should be doing. Yeah. And I formulated my own, my own opinions. So, uh, you know, maybe you try that too, all the people that are trying to destroy my career. Well, how how dare you, Savannah? I know. How absolutely dare you? I know. Uh, now, let's get into something that I'm sure you're well aware of, and that is this whole body positivity, fat phobia movement that we're experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. Before we get into these crazy TikToks, what are your initial thoughts on just all of that as a whole? Well, I was reading a headline the other day that mm-hmm. said that working out is inherently right wing. <sighs> and I work out a lot. <laughs> Uh-huh. And that was kind of concerning because right. I thought that right wing people were like domestic terrorists. So I was right. a little bit concerned about uh-huh. that. Uh, so apparently that's the thing now. Right. Um, no, jokes aside, though, I do think that the fat acceptance movie movement, the body positivity movement has been so detrimental to women, not only from a health perspective, but from a mental health perspective, too, mm-hmm. because these women want to be 
told that the way that they're living is healthy, it's good. They want other people to promote it and to encourage it and tell them that, uh, you know, that they're great. But it's not great. Right. And when we call this out, it's not coming from a place of condemnation or we hate them. It's coming from a place of love because genuinely if you're overweight, if you're overweight, you're not working out, you're eating the wrong things, of course, that is going to actually affect your, you know, mental and physical spirit and body and everything. Of course. I mean, it, truth is compassionate and I don't know where we went down this rabbit hole of it not being compassionate mm-hmm. anymore and people wanting to be shielded from the truth because it offends them or it hurts them. And a lot of this body positivity movement just in in general so, totally yes be be fine with the the body you're born in and mm-hmm. what you have and what you've got but this idea that we should not strive to be better or strive to be healthier and particularly with young women because i see this with young women more than any other yeah. demographic i it seems uh it's just so detrimental and we're going to get into some of the facts around obesity how it, it ties to other chronic illnesses and, and chronic ailments that you will experience in your life if you continue down this path. But first, let's let's hear it from the horse's mouth. Let's listen to some young women talk about fat phobia in our culture. Here's TikTok number one. So a few months ago, this girl on Twitter uh, went to a Harry Styles concert and she wanted to buy a hoodie or a crew neck and noticed that she couldn't buy it because her size were sold out. All the extra larges the 1X, the 2X, the 3X, they were all sold out, right? And, you know, she went on Twitter and she complained about how she hates that skinny people buy up all the plus size stuff. And, you know, the Harry's got, the skinny Harry's got super mad at her because how dare a fat person be upset that her size is sold out? How dare a fat person be so upset that a bunch of skinny people bought her size? And I noticed, well, it's nothing new, but, you know, I noticed this over and over again a fat person would go and complain about how their size is never there. And skinny people would get super angry that a fat person expressed their feelings. And it's just because skinny people hate fat people. It's nothing new. We- Let's pause. <laughs> Savannah, I must say, I don't want to offend you or anything, but you're particularly skinny. Thank you. Do you hate fat people? I don't hate fat people at all, but I will tell you that I actually do have a lot of beef with the current industry, the fashion industry, and the fact that all of the mannequins are obese right now. Mm-hmm. And then if you go shopping online for a piece of clothing, the models are obese. Right. And I don't understand why we're perpetuating and we're pushing the culture of obesity on people as, again, like you said, something normal and accepting. And I'm like, no, bro, that's unhealthy. And also, why are we pretending that everybody that walks into a Lululemon is obese? Like, Right. It's what- really... What are we doing? (laughs) It's really a false characterization of everything that's happening right now, and I totally get it. Fat bodies exist. Fat people exist. Does that make it healthy? No. And I understand that. And I understand that people want to be seen. I hate this argument of, I'm not represented, therefore I feel like I can't do X, 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 Y, Z, whatever. Uh, I think it's a completely BS argument. But this idea that because it exists, we should make it healthy or normalize it in a way that teaches people not to be uh, conscious of their health choices, of Mm -hmm. their wellness, I think is completely ridiculous. And again, it is something that seems to target women in particular. You know what the obesity class really is, too? Mm. 
the it's just another way for people to victimize themselves let's be honest right people victimize themselves with race with their gender now with their weight to be quite honest with everybody in the chat and i'm going to be very blunt with this the majority of people are obese because they're lazy and they don't want to go to the gym because they don't want to sacrifice because they don't want to take care of their bodies because they don't want to put the time and effort into researching how to properly take care Mm -hmm. of their bodies so when they feel sick they feel depressed because your microbiome and your stomach is directly tied to your emotions to your brain you're feeling groggy you're feeling bad and you're like oh i feel this way because society hates me i feel bad because of society i feel sick because of society if everyone just accepted me i would feel better no you're not going to feel better because you're not living a healthy lifestyle and i promise you every single time because people love doing the whole oh well some people are obese because of a health concern mm-hmm. like with everything very 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 small yeah. minute percentage they always find the little outlier and then the outlier becomes the argument. Genuinely, and I'm like, what are we doing? I just, I want to live in reality for one day. I, I really, really would. Do. And it's okay. I'm, I'm, just be honest about it. And mm-hmm. it is the reality. It is what's happening. Can we be honest about it? I know, Taylor, you talked about your wife and Victoria's Secret and this whole, because Victoria's Secret, for those of you who don't know, did this whole campaign where they were like, well, we do we need Victoria's Secret angels anymore? We want, quote, real women is what they called it. And then they ushered in uh, plus size models and changed what the entire branding of what their company has ever been. And, and your wife had sort of an interesting reaction to seeing that. Yeah, I mean, there, you know, there's a place for like wanting to accept people Absolutely. and like, you know, mm-hmm. undo these unrealistic standards and that type of thing. But people like lingerie brands exist or originally existed because women want to feel sexy. And so her whole point was just, um, I don't want this brand to remind me how fat I am. I want it to make me feel sexy when I buy it, you know. And right. so that that was basically her perspective. You know what, Amola? And you made a really good point yesterday. And um, I want to bring it up because you said this and it just blew my mind. Mm. You know, going back to the unrealistic body standards, that's how this all started off, right? In the early 2000s, Paris Hilton was stick thin. She was a skeleton. If you had any fat on your body, it was just weird and bad. And, you know, everyone wanted to be stick thin. Mm -hmm. So we were on that extreme side of the spectrum. And then you and I were talking about how then we went to like my 600 pound life and how that became normalized. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, if you're not 600 pounds, you're healthy. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, that's where we're at with virtually everything in, in life, our political conversations, mm-hmm. our lifestyle, our entertainment. We just keep upping and upping and upping and upping it's the more threshold. Extreme. Yes, mm-hmm. it gets more extreme. And then suddenly the extreme things that you see aren't extreme anymore and you need something more. Suddenly going on and watching my 600 pound life is not going to be entertaining anymore because you're like, I've, I've been there and I've seen it. And guess what? Now, 40 percent of our population is obese. This is nothing new. It's going to have to be 700 pound life. It's going to have to be. You know what? Life. Now that you're saying this too there is a tlc show called thousand pound sisters <sighs> can't make this stuff up you, you <laughs> you're can't totally make right up. and that's what i'm saying i'm like you have to make this point on air because it blew my mind because i was like you're totally right it started out with 600 pounds now we have thousand pound sisters like it keeps getting more and more extreme yeah until it's and that's already unlivable but it's going to become something that's completely unlivable and we are just ushering ourselves into this wally area i don't era i don't know if you guys have seen pixar's wally uh, if you haven't watched it, very depressing film uh, for a kid's cartoon, I must say. Yeah, or you could and, go to Walmart. It's essentially the same thing. Right. Or, yeah, just like fast forward oh, into 2030 no. and then that's where we're all at. Yeah. Well, let's try. We got how many? We got maybe a minute into this TikTok. So let's <laughs> let's keep watching. Don't do it to me. You know, this is something that we just found out. They just they hate fat people. 
but they love buying their clothes skinny people buy the hoodies and the huge sweatshirts so they can get that baggy effect but they wouldn't buy like the, the tights the tights most definitely got to be their size you know and it it bothers me because skinny people has every they have everything you know when you go into the mall 95 percent of the clothing stores are for skinny people half of the shit half of the stuff in the stores only go up to like a size what a size six like it doesn't even have 16 that's not, not true 16. That's the, I, yeah, I feel like that's not true yeah, at all. Yeah, I just, I want, I want to jump in there and say that's not true. I've never been to a store in my entire life mm-hmm. where there's only been up to a size six. If anything, <laughs> I can never find my size in anything because there's, the clothes are too yeah. big. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, it's just, every, you said something important. On every single characteristic that you can have, somebody will try to sell you on your oppression. Mm-hmm. And in the same light, there's this whole thing happening right now called skinny shaming, and now skinny girls are coming back and saying, well, I'm oppressed because of where I am at. And there's this idea that if you represent a small section of society, well, now obesity does not represent a small section, it's a much larger one, that the world and reality is meant to morph to how mm-hmm. you view it. It's meant yeah. to morph to make you the most comfortable and F all those other people Mm -hmm. who represent what is typically standard or objectively standard because you represent an outlier and are now uncomfortable because of that. Well, the reason, too, I speak out against this so vehemently, if you will, Mm -hmm. is because when I first moved to Austin, it was the first time I was paying bills, I was living by myself, and I started gaining a lot of weight Mm -hmm. because I found this place in Austin that was like gourmet donuts. They were bomb. Every day. Yes. (laughs) I gained 20 pounds Mm -hmm. and I felt so uncomfortable with my body. And I remember this distinct moment when I said, I'm eating because I'm uncomfortable and I'm uncomfortable with my body and I want to eat. Mm -hmm. So I can take one of two pathways. And start working out right now and getting more disciplined with my diet because I'm I'm feeling groggy because I am eating a little bit bad. And it's making me feel bad. I feel self-conscious. Mm-hmm. Or I could take the path of continue to eat the donuts, continue to just be sad. But it makes me feel better in the moment. So that instant gratification is worth it. I decided to take the path of, uh, you know, starting to work out and eat a little bit healthier. Mm-hmm. My mental clarity was better. Absolutely. The way that I viewed myself was better. My confidence was better. And again, you know, maybe those things don't need to be directly tied to your body per se, but your actual health. Like this is a health issue. This isn't about being skinny or fat. This is about your health and making sure you feel good internally because how you, I guess, not feel internally, but Mm -hmm. are internally, like it shows externally, right? Like mentally and physically. So, uh, yeah, you know, if you don't feel good, it shows. Right, and I notice that a lot in, in just in general, and you can apply this to other parts of your life. Uh, when, when I was on the left and super unhappy and constantly searching for mm-hmm. oppression, I felt a lot of discomfort on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And you can look internally and go, okay, I feel a lot of discomfort right now. Let me look inside myself. Let me figure out what's going wrong. Let mm-hmm. me try to find some truth behind this and fix it myself. Or I can turn that discomfort around and project it onto other people and, and put everybody else in the same place that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And that's why I became an organizer. I was like, hey, come join me in this discomfort that I'm feeling and this anger that I'm feeling. And I think the same thing applies to health and health is, you know, objectively attached to weight and and these things that we uh, experience in in terms of our our bodies and obesity and fat tissue and all these things. And they can feel this discomfort and go, well, instead of looking inside myself and thinking, okay, is there something I could be doing with better with my life? They 
instant gratification yep. society. Right. You know, that's what it is. Nobody wants to get to the root of the problem. They say, I want this to be covered up right now. I want to feel better right now. So I'm going to eat the yes. donut or I'm going to um, take the depression pills. Like, okay, I just want to say this now too because we are an instant gratification society. Mm-hmm. Depression is a normal human emotion. You do not need to take depression pills to combat that. Everybody feels depressed. You're not supposed to feel happy all the time. And taking these big pharma medications are going to make you feel worse in the long term. Understand that these are human emotions. Understand how to handle that and discipline your own mind and body because this is a normal thing. And stop giving into the instant gratification that in the long term is making you feel worse. Oh, man, you're so right. Let's ride that tangent for a little bit because I actually woke up this morning. I was watching Russell Brand, a huge fan of his. Dude, love his me videos. too. He's so based. So spot on. <laughs> I, I found him the other, like a couple, maybe like a year ago. And I was like, I thought he was like a woke comedian, but his content is so good. Yeah, you're like, he's on it and he's represented this. I think he's going to be massive, way more massive than he is already now because I think he's somebody that people from all walks of life can just listen to and go, oh, there's a lot of clarity there. But he made this video talking about uh, something Elon Musk tweeted saying, you know, SSRIs and antidepressants and uh, Adderall and things like that. Mm-hmm. This is not the issue. This is not the, the the solution to the issues that you're feeling right now. And looking into more like naturopathic forms of yeah. responding to these emotions. And I think as a society, we've become so reactive in our medicine and in our health. And we wait for problems to arise. And then we go, well, here's a big pharma solution to that. Or here's a fat phobia to justify where you're at that's right what I was gonna say I was like we don't wait for problems to arise yeah. we create the problem <laughs> yeah. you know you and I were talking about behind the scenes too um how putting kids on Adderall and diagnosing them with ADHD right is a very recent thing, actually, because back in the day, it was like, yeah, your kid's crazy because he's a little boy. He has a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, is your child acting like a child? Meds. Right. And yeah. I started noticing that just listening to the radio. I felt like every hour on the radio, I'd hear an ad that's like, does your child like to run around and play with things and doesn't like to have intelligent adult conversations at five years old? Go see a doctor and see about some ADHD medication. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So, yeah, I think in in part we do create problems like that. The whole fat phobia thing, the ADHD thing, too. Uh, but as far as this reactionary medicine that we're going to, we're like waiting for people to develop chronic illnesses and then being like, here's a big pharma solution to that. Here is uh, an antidepressant. Here is an anti-anxiety medication. Instead of teaching our average everyday citizens, here are some proactive steps that you can take in your daily life that might stop you from getting diabetes. See, or- and I'll take you one step further. I'm so sorry to cut yeah, you no, off. No, You're making a great point there. We actually create a lot of chronic diseases yes. in this country with our food supply, with the foods that we are ingesting, with not going out in the sun enough. Vitamin D, very important for your mood, very mm-hmm. important for your health. Not supplementing naturally like you talked about. Everyone just jumps straight to the doctor. Nobody wants to say, hey, feeling a little sick. Maybe I'm low on vitamin C. Maybe I need some zinc. You know, it's always, nope, nope. Straight to the doctor, straight to the doctor. Right, and that was something when I was young. I used to think that the the lefties and the hippies were the ones who were like, oh, I'm naturopathic, right? You're like, I was the same way. I'm like, you're insane. I used to see like on on TV, like the really hippie people who are just like, I heal my own body. Essential oils, dude. Yeah, and they're like, the sun is a doctor. (laughs) I'm like, okay, you guys are crazy. They're like hula hooping around, and now we're over here like, yes, right. Now the conservatives are like. Be skeptical of your doctors and your medical practitioners. 
isn't it so weird how the liberals from the 70s are essentially like modern day right wing? Yes. <laughs> like, how did that happen? Right. So I'm like, looking back, I'm like, okay, so leftists used to be right in a lot of ways. They yeah, were like anti-big corporation, anti-war, like pro-skepticism. Pro- mm-hmm. Yeah, they questioned everything and were like, you know what? I just want to lead my own life. I don't know what you're trying to sell me on this establishment stuff. I just yeah. want to go about it. And now i'm actually okay with it but yeah, okay no it, it really really does feel like it but yeah i'm i'm not hopeful for where we're heading from a medical standpoint and a health yeah. standpoint in this country at all yeah you know i tried to go to the doctor the other day because mm-hmm. i had bit i bit my tongue it hurt really bad mm-hmm. it was hurting for a while so i was like hey doc um, having a little bit of loss of taste and uh, I bit my tongue. I'd love to get it checked out. We're like, well, we got to go through the COVID sy- symptoms. Loss of taste is one of the symptoms. Mm-hmm. So they said, well, we can't come see you in the office because loss of taste is a COVID symptom. So you might have COVID. And I was like, I just told you I, I bit my tongue and I've been having issues specifically with my tongue and I'm not sick in any way, shape or form. And they were like, sorry, can't see you. That's ridiculous. So I used to work in medicine before I started working here at PragerU. And there was just a massive amount of doctors who were like, I'm just going to go to telemedicine. I'm not going to see I'm not going to see patients Mm -hmm. in person anymore. Do people and I don't think people realize the detriment of not seeing a patient in person to actually discuss what they are going. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, doc, I got this weird bump. Okay, here's some medicine. (laughs) Right. It's ridiculous. Like I've seen patients where uh, a a 90 year old will call into the clinic for telehealth and be like, hey, my leg really hurts. And the the doctor goes, "Okay, we'll take ibuprofen. And because you saw them through telehealth, you didn't see they had a massive blood clot Mm. on their leg. And that's where we're, we're pushing ourselves into this technological age of not only just entertainment, lifestyle and leisure, but medicine, too. And it's getting to the point where if you have any sort of issue, you can just go on your phone and be like, I feel this way. And they're like, here's an antidepressant. Here's just a random medication to put in your body and no doctor to explain what it does to you. WebMD, you're probably dying. Also, here's anxiety medication because yeah. I just gave you anxiety by telling you you're probably going to die. Right. And you <laughs> yeah. can do it all online. Yay. It's all in your pocket. You don't even have to talk to a doctor for all of you with social anxiety who don't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And stay in your house and keep yourself uh, disconnected from everybody. Don't go out into the sunlight. I just cannot wait. Uh. You know that SpongeBob meme that's like, we need the metaverse. Like the rainbow? Yes. That's the Uh, modern day. You will be plugged in and you will be happy. Here's another TikTok uh, on the hashtag fat phobia uh, hashtag on TikTok. Here we go. I feel good about it, but then after I eat, it looks like this. Why? Oh, babe, because... I'm really afraid to open this door, but I'm going to do it. What if it was just fat? What if it wasn't your uterus? I want to invite you to consider what it might be like. For somebody living in a fat body to see a video like that and why we are so quick to explain mm. away parts of our body as being like natural or being an organ instead of being fat what if that's natural too what if there's not anything inherently wrong with having a larger body i've gotten so many hate comments whenever i try to call out thin people and i really hesitate to do it again but for me it's not just my uterus for people without uteruses it's not just their uterus and that's okay. People As always, a huge disclaimer, this is not about this specific video. It's about the larger cultural conversation around body size and weight stigma. Thanks. The larger cultural conversation. And yeah, it's so interesting because it's never, for I, at least for me, and I'm sure for you, it's never about bullying people or being like, this is gross, this is disgusting, mm-hmm. you know? It's just about 
we cannot create a new culture, especially with the younger generation growing into this, that that is something that is inherently healthy and that it is the same as, as having a, a lifestyle where you're eating well and you are exercising. I saw a video on TikTok the other day of this mom and she's saying, well, I'm a new mom and I'm having all these political and social discussions with my young daughter mm -hmm. and we're talking about fatness and weight and obesity and I'm telling her like that's not a problem at all and she's like, and I don't care if you get obese, I don't care if you get fat as long as you are mentally happy i don't care about the state of your body yeah that's the culture we're fostering that's what is concerning mm -hmm. and this is what i was talking about earlier with the want to be validated mm -hmm. now in our society because we really have not suffered in any way shape or form we are very very coddled in this country which is why we create our own problems because people need something to fight for and something to be mad about because everything is very easy for us in the modern day like right. think about the fact that people used to have to garden and farm and work and create and go fight in wars and battles like i think about this all the time right mm -hmm. That there was a period of time in the world where men would just straight up run into battle, like battlefield, all right, we're going to potentially die, right. just start charging each other, right? right? And now the modern man is like, you used inflammatory language towards me <laughs> and that really hurt my feelings. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Uh, what? <laughs> I see guys running around LA and it's like, they have nail polish on and are like buying girls clothes and things like that and it's just... You, I can feel, like we know the testosterone levels are lower in men in this yep. generation, lower than they've ever been before. Partially in, because in of the food supply too. Yes, partially because of food and all these uh, synthetic hormones and everything mm -hmm. that you're breathing in and eating and all this stuff. Yep. But you can feel it. Like as I can watch and be like, that is a very feminine man. Yeah, you know, the average modern day man is more feminine than I am. Yeah. which is weird, yeah. but it is what it is, I guess. Uh, but yeah, going back to this video and what mm -hmm. you were talking about regarding bullying as well, because for the longest time, I refused to speak on the body positivity movement mm -hmm. because I didn't like when obese people would be looked at, laughed at, and bullied. I thought that right. it was rude. Like, I'm a Christian woman, and I don't think that tearing these people down is the way to get to them. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that not only are people trying to normalize this they're encouraging it they're validating it and they're they're telling other people like if you don't want to be obese you're a bad person yes and at that point i was like okay no we're, we're validating the wrong thing here i'm very much against bullying i'm very much against tearing these people down mm -hmm. but i am pro helping them achieve their their greatest talent their their greatest life right mm -hmm. i think that's the saddest part about a lot of these videos for me is that every single american has so many talents so much that they could do but the average person doesn't even know what they're capable of because they're holding themselves back with their own mentality right. with their own lifestyle with how they're treating their bodies their minds it's it's so sad to me like we could be such a prosperous country we really could we have all the resources you have all the resources to do virtually anything you want to mm -hmm. do with your life and instead we are just stagnating by all of this stuff that's happening right now and I've seen those very same videos that you're talking about where yeah. it's like if you want to date a fit or skinny woman you are fat phobic yeah if you're not attracted to this body you are fat phobic mm -hmm. I 
uh, the amount of mental hoops that you have to jump through in order to land on that conclusion and then to deny what is just factually true. Mm-hmm. And we can go through some of the facts on this just so we have an educational element to the things. Not that we're not being very educational right now. We're the most educational. We're the most educational. <laughs> we're basically teachers right now. So true. But uh, the, the obesity rate has jumped. So this is from the era of, of 1999 to 2000. And then they did another one in 2017 to 2018. Mm-hmm. Obesity prevalence increased from 30 30.5% to 42.4% in this country. Mm. Isn't that like, it's, it's, it's quite unbelievable. A, that's quite an increase. It's quite an increase. And this is from the CDC. So <laughs> we know how much we love the CDC, but at least uh, this seems uh, semi-accurate. Mm-hmm. It says on average, one out of th- every three adults is obese, which is about yeah. 36% of adults. We spend about $150 billion on obesity care in our country instead of being proactive about these things. And nearly one in five deaths is preventable because of obesity. Oh, yeah, girl, the past two years, uh, you know, regarding a a certain disease that was ravaging everybody, there was an interesting statistic about how about 75% of the people that were overweight were being admitted to the hospital. They succumb to, you know, certain diseases and viruses a lot easier. It makes uh, their life threatened. Uh, Their their lives are threatened more when they get sick because of obesity. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then again, you call that out and it's like, oh, well, you're a bad person. You just hate fat people. And it's like, no, I care about people. I care about all people, which is why we're we're promoting this and trying to talk about the health repercussions because this isn't just like a, oh, you're overweight, you feel bad type thing. This goes into multiple different angles. Yes, it absolutely does. And it only took two years for us to get the truth on that. It only took two years for (laughs) CNN and MSNBC and ABC to come out and say, Mm -hmm. maybe exercise. I know we told you to stay in your house and lock yourselves down and not get sunlight and not go out to do anything with your your peers or your community or even your families. Uh, But... It'd be probably good if you exercised and were a little healthy and made made healthy choices. I don't know, Amala. I mean, you know, that entire year where everyone was locked in their houses, I was just thriving being locked alone in my apartment <laughs> by myself, not yeah. able to go anywhere, or do anything, not being able to go out in the sun. I really enjoyed that. Boosted the old mental health, I think. Oh, yeah, totally. You yeah, know? yeah. I made a bunch of imaginary friends in my house as an adult. It was a great time. <laughs> Uh, now, guys, we are going to move on. I did have more TikToks to show you. They will be linked down below if you guys want to go and watch more of the insanity that is being fostered on these social media apps. We're going to get into some other subject matters. We're going to talk Amber Heard and modern day feminist, uh, feminism and talk about our feeling on both of those things. I am going to say goodbye to everybody who's watching on PragerU YouTube. Head over to my channel, Amala Epinobi, Unapologetic, and watch there if you'd like to continue this conversation with us. I'm watching your chats. You guys are very engaged. So go ahead and hop over on that other side. Let's talk about... Amber Heard. Uh, you said you're you're sort of keeping up with this. You've seen what's going on. I know the basics. I okay. know the basics. Okay. So for, for those of you who are unaware, I don't know how you could be unaware at this point, but Amber Heard in an op-ed for the Washington Post accused Johnny Depp of both sexual and physical assault during their very short-lived marriage. Uh, and Johnny Depp called BS and sued her $50 million in a defamation case. And now that case is, is coming through. We've seen therapists testify to Amber's condition and many of the lies that she's told, security guards, personal assistants, people who worked with Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp himself talking about some of the lies, including defecation in his bed. Uh, Unbelievable. You know what? On that alone, I think Johnny Depp should just be to win this whole case. Here's the 50 million. (laughs) Just just take it. Nobody wants to hear anymore. Just end it. And 
we spoke yesterday on the program about how a lot of this is theater and a lot of this is entertainment. And again, the more salacious, the better. And we're upping that threshold. But I want to talk about this from a feminist perspective. We saw the whole hashtag Me Too movement come through with the idea that all women are meant to be believed. Believe all women. Believe all victims. Believe all stories. And now we're seeing that, the negative aspect of that, and on a massive scale with A-list celebrities. Here is some of Amber Heard's testimony. Now, remember... Both of these individuals are actors. I would posit that one, the the biological male, <laughs> he's a better actor than this one. Uh, but let's watch this and you tell me if you think it's a performance, if you think it's real. And here is her testimony of the first time she had ever had a physical altercation with the one Mr. Johnny Depp. And he slaps me one more time. Hard. I lose my balance. All of a sudden realizing that the worst thing has just happened to me that could possibly happen to you, I realized that I, I wish so much he had said he was joking. Because it didn't hurt. Mm. didn't physically hurt me. I was just sitting there on this, on, on this carpet, looking at the dirty carpet, wondering how I wound up on this carpet and why I was never, why I never noticed that the carpet was so filthy before. Mm. And just... Sat there thinking, how much time do Back I have in your to house, figure girl. out what I need to do? Because, God, did he just hit me? No, I didn't want to leave him. I didn't want this to be the reality. I didn't want to have the man I was in love with. I know you don't come back from that. You know, I'm not dumb. I, I know you can't hit a woman. I, you can't hit a man. You- did you know that you can't hit a man or that you can't hit a woman? Because we've seen uh, footage and we've listened to audio recordings of you doing and saying the exact opposite. And I just love the the moment of, oh, I sat and I didn't recognize how dirty the floor was. And I remember thinking in the moment after he hit me, the floor was so dirty. It's like she thought, OK, if we make this play out like a movie script, people are going to believe exactly what I'm saying. And I'm saying this because I've watched hours of this testimony now, not just this little clip. And she sits and she talks in this exact temperament, this crying. Not a single tear rolls so down the old I've face. Heard. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to say, Molly, I'm a little bit mad at you because <laughs> I was avoiding watching Amber Heard fake cry as hard as I could because I knew it was going to piss me off uh-huh. and I'm a little bit annoyed right now because... Right. You know, if the acting was believable, I would have been like, okay, but you're completely right when you say that with her. The floor was dirty. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. And again, I'm, this is my own personal opinion. But if somebody slapped me in the face, I right. wouldn't be like, wow, the floor is dirty. Right. I, it's not the, what I would be thinking in that moment. Right. And Amber Heard is like a verifiable psychopath. I think we've all seen that. Mm-hmm. Again, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. The correct opinion. But my opinion right. nonetheless. Allegedly. Uh, yeah, Allegedly. allegedly. Allegedly, uh, of course, of course, thank you. Um, but uh, I feel like this just really confirms just how much of a lie, yeah, alleged lie, this all feels like it is. Yeah, it's it's serving Hallmark. Uh, it's serving. It's giving me lifetime vibes. Uh, we're gonna continue <laughs> watching and, and see if it improves at all. Do we get a tear? And I wish I could sit here and say I stood up and I walked out of that house and I drew a line and I stood up for myself. She's trying. But she's trying. He starts crying. And, you know, like I, I had never seen an adult man cry. Huh? 
in your how many years of life you've never and in the acting business you have never seen an adult man cry she's never seen it and she didn't know a, a man could hit a woman she didn't know she knew that it was bad for women to hit men, men. actually don't have tear glands well i thought that until this testimony <laughs> right now <laughs> men can cry oh my <laughs> gosh unbelievable i think we'll watch the last little bit of this and then we'll we'll start talking about this a little bit He's more in depth crying uh, tears, I mean, just falling out of his eyes. He gets down on his knees and he grabs my hands and he's touching my hands and he's saying to me, I will never do that again. I'm so sorry, baby. I, I put the f***er away. I thought I killed it and it's it's done. I, 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 I thought I put the monster away and I've done it before. It's done. I didn't say anything. I made a point to not say oh it's okay or anything like that i just didn't say anything i got up i went to the car i sat in my car and i felt like i sat there forever i didn't want to turn the key i just leaned my head up against the window she's very good at like giving the emotional details of the story so you feel like you were there you feel like you went through this experience with her if only she could turn up the acting a little bit you're totally right though she really is painting this mm-hmm. emotional picture she was like the, the glass was cold on the window yep. i remember it like it was yesterday <laughs> so horrific it started to rain as i was driving and i looked out the window and the rain represented the tears that never fell down my face as i testified Ooh, never. Maybe she was just severely dehydrated that day. She forgot to drink a bottle of water so she could remember to cry. Johnny deprived me of my water during my marriage, and I haven't been able to get that that back in my life. I haven't been able to drink a glass of water since he left. I am so scared that I forgot how to cry. Yeah, and I, you know, we we might sound like we're being uh, brutal right now, but if you've followed this story and if you've listened, like I've said, actually listened to some of the videos and some of the audio recordings of Amber talking to Johnny Depp and saying, you know, uh, yeah, I, I didn't slap you, I hit you, I didn't punch you, I hit you, and I'm going to tell everybody, and I'm a woman and you're a man, who's going to believe you? They're not going to believe you if you go and tell everybody what I did to you. And to get up here and then try to paint this new picture of everything that you've done, she severed his finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People were pointing out, too, that she was doing this weird thing where she was matching his outfits. yes. Which people were saying was like psychopathic behavior. These were therapists that were saying that. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Yes. But uh, this has been such an interesting trial. And I think the importance of it, because many people are like, eh, this is a distraction. It's not important. It is important because this is toxic femininity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it represents what is the underbelly of some of these feminist issues that we try to talk about. And then we get canceled for because you don't support women. Mm -hmm. You're not supporting women. Uh, This is what happens when you tell one section of society that everything they say and do is right and they should always be believed and you could never be toxic because toxic toxic only applies to to your masculine counterpart. Right. It is never you. You are always the victim in, in this whole situation. It's always patriarchy and you're the one who has to fight. But this is how a lot of them fight. They lie and they push through a narrative that's false and then they get caught in it. Mm -hmm. And then they're like dogs cornered. Yeah, it's really sad to see that Amber Heard was even allowed to do this. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't realize either. I was a big fan of Johnny Depp back in the day. And 
I guess, I don't know if I stopped paying attention, but I didn't even realize that his entire career had gotten canceled because of these allegations. Yep. I didn't realize that he got dropped from like Harry Potter and Pirates of the Caribbean because of these allegations. Yep. And so the fact that Amber Heard was able to do this, the fact that in America you are guilty until proven innocent and your mm -hmm. entire life can be destroyed over this right it's we're not in a good place guys we're really not we're not he's never going to get yeah. it back he's never going to get back the life that he had before and yeah. even if he did it's through airing out every single bit of dirty laundry his whole reputation is tarnished now yeah. Yeah. because even to some people in forever in their eyes he will be a, a wife beater or a woman beater yes it's, it's just it's unfair and it's horrible that we've allowed this to prosper but welcome to america in 20 yeah, and as two women, let's take this opportunity to talk about that, because apparently we're the only ones who can talk about these female issues and hashtag me too or whatever. There's going to be, I think, a massive uh, influx of men going, I was wrongfully accused and mm -hmm. nobody's ever going to hear me out. And that's all they're ever going to know. And for the women who abuse this idea that you should always be believed and accuse men of things they did not do, I don't know what should happen to women like that, but something not good. Karma needs to circle back on them because those men will never get their lives back. They'll always be seen. Even if you take it to court, you sue them for defamation and you win. People remember the beginning part. People remember the accusation. So one of the things that I'm realizing, specifically with the abortion argument, because mm -hmm. that's, you know, really back in the news right now. Mm -hmm. Michael Knowles actually just did a really great interview. He interviewed a leftist and this was the language she was using. She was saying, well, if you consent to sex and get pregnant, did you consent to that pregnancy? And with that mentality, I want us to understand how women look at the topic of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of women who will consent to, you know, being in a sexual mm -hmm. relationship with a guy. Maybe he hurts her feelings. Maybe he calls her a bad name. And then they go, you sexually assaulted me. Right. And that's a big issue. Look Huge. at how abortionists are talking about consensual pregnancy right now mm -hmm. and understand how they look at a consensual sexual relationship. They have weaponized our language. They have weaponized everything. Yep. Watch your back, fellas. There are some hot leftists out there. Do not do not fall into the trap. Taylor, you're married. You don't have to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm safe. <laughs> Boys, go to the gym. Don't go to the hose. Right. That is not what you want. You will not be Ugh. saved. She is not going to help you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's exactly how they view things. And you get a lot of flack for saying this, but regret is not assault. Yeah. Regret is not assault. And I'm so sorry. I'm going to say it out loud. We're not on PragerU anymore, so we're on my own channel. But <laughs> regret is not assault. Yeah, you know what, Namala? Guess what? You're canceled now because you yeah. told the truth. Congratulations. Yeah. Can't do that in the modern day. <laughs> Somebody's going to make like a super cut of all the horrible things we've said during this podcast. <laughs> I hope they do. Oh, my god. I hope they do. What do you see the future for women being like? Are you? Do you even bother with being optimistic or pessimistic? Or are you just like, I'm here, I'm doing the work, we'll see what happens? I love being optimistic mm -hmm. about our future. Mm -hmm. Because it's very, very easy to be pessimistic about the state of America. What I like to look at right now is that the left, that liberal women have gotten so crazy that many women in the center are waking up to the reality yes. of what this career life looks like. We have a lot of women in their 40s right now that are like, I froze my eggs, but now I can't get pregnant. I don't have a child and I never got married. I chose my career and now I'm depressed. And 
we we told women and we sold women this lie that having kids was going to ruin your life because why would you spend money on kids when like you could spend money on yourself right and that you know being dependent on a man and being a wife was a bad thing that being a mother was a bad thing but many women are waking up to the realities that you know what actually having a child gives you so much purpose in life mm-hmm. and it does teach you to not be selfish to think of somebody else to put someone else above yourself because humans are inherently selfish you have a child it forces you to think of somebody else it forces you to grow and mature right. so i think a lot of women are seeing that and we're starting to see a big change in a more traditional and positive direction that i'm really excited about and you, no matter what you do, uh, the thing that makes me optimistic around this too is no matter how much you lie to people, mm-hmm. I don't care if feminist propaganda is everywhere and we're telling all women they don't need love because men are toxic, they don't need families because they don't want to be subservient to somebody. In fact, just work for a corporation your entire life because Yay. that's who you should be subservient to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so much fun. You won't I be sad wait. in the metaverse, guys. Yeah, right, right, right. AT&T will be there when I'm passing away. <laughs> I can't wait for that reality. But yeah, that's where that's what they're telling people. You cannot ignore biology. And women feel it. I don't care what side of the aisle you you are on you start hitting like i don't know late 20s early 30s you're like i can hear the the clock really is ticking i'm 25 and i'm right there right now i'm like okay this is fun to talk about but uh, who wants to marry me (laughs) are are you big on dating apps or anything like that i've never ever gone on a dating app and i never ever will good good idea uh solely because i i never want to tell my grandkids like that on Bumble, yeah, yeah, I right. want to be like, no, I was at a riot and, you know, <laughs> a rock flew past my head and I got knocked out and then he picked me up and took me to the hospital. Uh, amazing. Yeah, no, I'm trying to change Dennis's mind on that because he's big, like, on get on the whole dating app No, thing. don't do it. Don't do it. I right. say no. I say no. I say that dating apps are a psyop, my guy, and that it like it's like social media, right? Yeah. It's and instead of um, getting people to go out and socialize in the real world, right. it's like, okay, instant gratification, so swipe swipe maybe I like this person maybe I don't I really don't like this culture that we're creating with dating apps that there's all this availability and hey maybe I don't really don't need to work on my relationship with this person because I could just go get a new person if I really need to exactly oh my gosh yeah I you know I I feel as though we're getting into areas that are so unnatural and so crazy and so extreme that people are just one day going to be like this doesn't feel good yeah this doesn't seem right I'm not happy and constantly people are telling me that I should be and they're telling me we're making all this progress, but I just feel worse and worse and worse and worse about where I'm at. And I hope, I I think men are going to adjust first and learn that first and then it's going to be the younger women in this generation because they're just so emotional and so tied to these things. It is really interesting to see how men are the first to pick up on specific things and Mm -hmm. how they are the first to do them and also how easy it is to lead women a certain way which is why we need strong men but i guess that's just me being a misogynist no huge theory here that so many women are just gonna get red pilled by whoever they end up dating i just think that's how it happens that guys are like Baby, you sound a little crazy about that whole lefty thing that you're doing right now. Let me like show you that, and then girls get red pilled. I've met <laughs> Let so me many save girls. You. Yeah. <laughs> I've met so many girls who start dating a guy, and Taylor, you've had this exact experience in part, right? Yeah, my wife was probably more on the like liberal or not. I mean, just more, I guess, classical liberal yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. women she's... are more emotional. Yeah, right. Definitely are. And now she's like, Taylor, look at this new story, <laughs> and you're like, I haven't even seen that yeah. yet. 
Yeah, she's like more bass than me now. And I'm like, baby, calm down. So it's great. Now she's like, we need to boost your testosterone more. You need to stay. Go to the gym. Yeah, yeah. man. Ugh. I'm like following Flav City. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Mm-mm. He's the guy who like goes to the grocery store and he's like, don't eat seed oils. They ruin your testosterone levels and all this Girl, stuff. Girl, I've been big on seed oils. But yeah. now that I've started converting my diet because I was doing carnivore for a while because of a really sensitive stomach. Now mm. I can't even eat Chick-fil-A. My stomach's wrecked the next day. And I'm like, really? I admitted seed oils. I know I can't eat anything delicious. But yeah. also, you know, the, the fast food and all that, it tastes good, but it really makes you feel just so trashed the next day. ruin you. Yeah, my boyfriend is like so based when it comes to food. So I've been like going mm. through this new food evolution of like, man, men really do red pill you. <laughs> Girl, you know what you need to start taking is a beef liver supplement. Really? Yes. Beef liver is so good for you. you. It's nature's superfood. You get iron, all your vitamins and minerals. People say to eat it raw. Mm-mm. I would take. No, they have like I can't little, do it. Yeah, yeah capsules. Girl, look to. into that because there's collagen too. Good for the skin. Anti-wrinkling. You guys are getting educated today. I hope you, I hope you really appreciating uh, Savannah for being on. I try. I yeah. try. <laughs> By the way, guys, her link tree is in the description because if you're falling in love right now, you can go follow her on everything and find stop, out what she's stop. doing. We are coming to the end of our hour here, Savannah. I want to know, what is life looking like for you? What endeavors are you on? What are people going to follow you for and what are they going to see when they do? So, Title 42 is potentially going to be... Um, Revoked later on mm-hmm. this month. Um, sorry if I'm not supposed to mention. No, no, that, no you can but... say that. It's your work. You you can go for it. Okay, okay. Um, so basically, the border. I'm going to be back at the border. I'm going to be um, focusing in on um, some of the current administration's policies and uh, what that's going to look like for our border. I'm going to be focusing on that. The fentanyl crisis in America as a whole is something I'm very passionate about as well. So I'm going to be following that. Basically, anything that's a hot topic in the news, I'm going to go interview people about. I want to elevate my fellow Americans' voice, whether they're on the left or the right, because I think everybody deserves to be heard. So I'll just kind of be doing anything and everything, guys. So go follow my work. It should Uh, be fun. I love to hear it. So I'll be following. We'll be checking it out. Uh, Savannah's hopefully going to be back on this show in the future. This is such a fun show. Yeah, it's good to have, you know, a little girl time. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. What do we want them to comment down below? Taylor, any thoughts? Savannah, any thoughts? We always leave, ask people. We give them a prompt for what to comment down below at the end of the episode. Mm. It could be anything related to these things. Uh, ah. it's very difficult like, on the, the top of your right head now. <laughs> how do you feel about this new female generation moving forward are you optimistic are you pessimistic about it do you not even bother with optimism or pessimism do you know anybody in your life who's a young woman and is she going through the sort of swaying back and forth of this feminist movement and all the crazy narratives we're being told right now drop that down below yeah this 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 podcast has been one for the women but i hope the men who are watching this right now are like oh, i'm getting an inside scoop yeah. On what's happening. Yeah, the men can learn a couple things too. Yes. You know? Maybe how to understand women better. Yeah. It's always good. It's always good. <laughs> Maybe we're red pilling you on understanding <laughs> females right now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yes, thank you guys so much for watching. Savannah, thank you so much for being on your doll. Thank you for having me. Bye, guys. You guys were great. Yes. Thank you guys so much for being here. Like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single day when we go live. That is 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. We're on Rumble. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Getter. We're on Twitter. We are everywhere that your eyes are. And if you'd like to listen to us instead of watch, you can go to Google Play, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review because the leftists have been hot on my trail. They dropped our five stars to 3.2 stars because they don't like that I say that men are men and women are women. 
Oh, you bigot. I'm so How horrible. How could you? I know. Little old me. I'm so horrible. But guys, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. We're going to see you tomorrow for a Freaky Freaky Fun Friday. Bye, guys. 